Hey there. Welcome to Urban Village Church. You're joining the live stream of our worship gathering. I'm Darren Calhoun, and I'm thrilled to have you join us today. Whether you're a familiar face or new to our community, we're so grateful that you're here. At Urban Village Church, we're all about being bold, inclusive, and relevant. And if you're new here, let me tell you why that matters. First, boldness is in our DNA. We are not afraid to ask tough questions, to challenge the norms, and explore new possibilities. We believe that faith is a journey of growth and exploration. So get ready to dive deep and open your heart to some fresh perspectives. Inclusivity is at the core of who we are. No matter where you're from, how you identify, or what life experiences you've had, you are welcome here. We celebrate the wild and wonderful differences that make each of us unique. You belong in this community, just as you are. And finally, we strive to be relevant. What we do as a church should connect with your everyday life. Our messages dig deep into real life issues, and our times of worship are intentional about meeting you right where you are. Our aim is to provide inspiration and practical insights anchored by the love of Jesus that you can apply to your own journey. So as we continue with our worship gathering, I want to invite you to engage with us right now. Join in the conversation in the chat. Share your questions and share your thoughts or just say hi. After the sermon, we'll sometimes have a Q&A session where you can share your thoughts, ask questions and explore the message further. So keep your phone or keyboard handy. We also have an app and a digital connect card for you to fill out. It's a great way for us to get to know you better and for you to stay connected to the UBC community. You can find the link in the description or scan the QR code on your screen. So let's dive in together. Open your heart, join the chat, ask questions, and fill out the digital connect card. We're excited to journey with you and co-create a vibrant community of love and support. Welcome to Urban Village Church. Peace. Uh, 
bring so much terror and fear and chaos, God. Just come for them. Come for all those who have been deeply impacted by war and um, God, just, just be with this congregation as we grapple with what it means to show peace to those who Good morning, friends. It is good to see you and have you here with us today. My name is Christian Kuhn, and I am the pastor here of this community. My pronouns are he, him, and his, and it's uh, lovely to have you here on what turns it turning out to be a, a sunny uh, fall morning. It's nice to have you here in our midst. Uh, we are a community that seeks to be uh, bold, inclusive, and irrelevant. We are bold that we are rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, we are inclusive, meaning all walls are down, all are welcome. Uh, yesterday, uh, we had a, a meeting of our leaders, and so we asked them the very penetrating question, are you big fans of candy corn or not so much? And I thought, you know, having theological issues about different parts of the Bible were strong opinions were had. Uh, so whether you love candy corn or whether you're not a fan or whether you like the Candy Corn Pumpkins, you are welcome here in this space today. And we are also relevant, meaning that we do our best to live this out every single day of our lives. Um, so I want to lift up a few things uh, about what's going on in the life of our church right now. Can I borrow somebody? I forgot to grab a bulletin. Yeah. Can I grab one of those? Thank you so much. Uh, before we do that, I want to draw your attention to um, some of the things. There's a tear-off here on the end, and so we would love it if you would fill that out and let us know who you are, not only so we can be praying for you and be present uh, and so you know what's going on in the life of our church, but also um, with some slight increases in, in COVID um, uh, cases, we want to let folks know. We want to know that you're here so we can let you know about that. So if you could tear that off, we'll count, tear that off on the count of three. Can we do that together? Like one, two, three. Wonderful. Uh, and then fill that out later on. We'll be passing a plate up and down the rows, and you can do that also. But if you're more of a person who is tied to your phone, there's also a QR code on the front, and you can scan that, and you can fill out a Connect card using that as well. Let me also welcome our online viewers, too. It's always great to have you here in our midst, so hopefully you can fill out the online Connect card so that we can know that you are here, and we want to make sure that we are connecting with you as well. A couple of things that I want to lift up your attention. Uh, some things, actually, uh, Holly Katz is going to be coming up in a few moments to talk about some of the way that our neighborhood building team is going to be out and about. But a couple of things I just want to let you know uh, about. Uh, first of all, we're having a town hall meeting on the 29th. So it gives you a sense of what's going on in the life of our church. We've had a lot, a lot of changes. So I want to keep you up to speed uh, on our finances and plans for 2024. Uh, and some of you know that uh, next year will be my last year of pastor of this congregation. So some people are asking, well, who's coming next? And so we can, uh, I don't have that answer, but we can at least tell you a little bit about the process uh, for that. Uh, and then today also is the community fridge. Uh, and so uh, folks will be going to the fridge in Maywood. And so if you brought anything today, uh, then you can see uh, Marilyn uh, and she can uh, point you in the right direction or give it to her. And they're going to be going over there and doing that. 
Uh, also wanted to let you know, sometimes, especially if you're new to this congregation, you may notice so many different things in the sanctuary, especially the stained glass windows. We have a brand new, uh, or actually a revised uh, brochure out on our greeting table. So if you're ever curious about what the stained glass windows mean, anything like that, there is now a brochure out there that can kind of point you in the right direction and tell you what's going on about it. So if you're checking out in the sermon, uh, you can read through that pamphlet and just kind of look all around and learn something new. So um, that's it for our announcements. And so I want to now invite our children to go back with Miss Bree, who will be kind of leading folks upstairs. Uh, and as they go upstairs, I want to invite the rest of you to pass the peace of Christ with one another, taking a look at name tags. Green means a handshake, side hug or great. Yellow means ask how they're doing today. Uh, red means uh, a wave or a peace sign from afar. And our folks watching online, use your favorite emoji to pass the peace as well. And sometimes also we invite folks to come and uh, share a little bit about what's going on in the life of our church. Holly Katz is part of uh, our neighborhood building team, uh, ways that we want to be out and serving the community. So Holly's going to come up today and share a little bit about that. Let's welcome Holly. and the justice that we work for in our own community that connects us all in this world. And so I'm going to focus on what we can do this morning and what our church is doing um, as neighborhood building here in um, River Forest. 
And so um, Christian already mentioned the community fridge um, that Marilyn is bringing food to today in Maywood. And we have um, ongoing service with the Proviso Pantry. Um, but I wanted to highlight a couple of things that are happening this fall that we would invite you to um, join us in taking part in doing these small acts of kindness and, and working for justice and peace in our community where we can. Um, one of those things is Socktober, um, since it's October. And um, there is a bin out by our welcome table where you can bring socks throughout the month of October. And these socks will be then brought to Housing Forward um, to um, provide warm and dry socks for people who need that. And so um, all month, please um, think when you're at the store somewhere that has socks or if you're placing an order online um, for an extra bag of socks that you can add to that bin. Um, I also want to highlight um, something that happens every year in the life of this church, which is adopting a family at Christmas time. And Cindy Bell always leads this ministry. And um, at this point in time for her planning, would love to know how many people plan on taking part in um, that neighborhood building act this year. And so in the tear off cards this week, there is a box where you can check. Um, I think it says holiday. Sorry, I have all my Sunday school stuff. Uh, holiday gift basket and so um, if that's a ministry that you're able to take part in this winter you can check that box so that cindy can then um, sign our church family up for the correct amount of um, families that will support this winter and the last thing that i want to highlight is our um, partnership with clean up give back we are doing a day of cleanup in um, a nearby uh, forest preserve bike path area. It's about two miles from our church and this is an organization that we've partnered with before um, a couple years ago and it's a student-led organization through the Oak Park River Forest High School and um, We show up they bring everything we need from gloves to the litter grabbers and bags and we just clean up and pick up the area and um, take part in being stewards of the land in that way. And so um, this um, event is taking place on October 28th. It's a Saturday morning from 10 to 12, and we would love for you to join us. Um, last time that we did this with um, Clean Up Give Back, it was their first partnership. Um, so it was the first time anyone had come and worked with them, and they did write about it in their blog. Can I read a tiny bit of it? Is that okay? Can I read a little bit of their blog? Okay. And so I, I just wanted to share, I'm, as I look out, there were a couple of people here today who I know were part of that cleanup. So um, I wanted to highlight what they said. They said, to our delight, the majority of the volunteers were parents with young children. The kids ranging from 10 years old to as young as two were all refreshingly enthusiastic about picking up trash and keeping the environment clean. The adult members were also very involved, even providing donuts and coffee to fuel our volunteers. We had the parents direct their children towards the field and woods beside the river to avoid the heavy traffic near the vacant lot. Meanwhile, the teenage and adult volunteers aimed to clean up the lot and the small strip of woods behind private residences. As always, the sites at first glance are extremely polluted, but that simply encourages us all to work hard. I focused on the smaller strip of woods, especially closer to the entrance of the grove. We all got into our familiar rhythm using the grabbers to collect larger pieces of trash, like empty chip bags, plastic grocery bags, bottles and discarded packaging, and using our hands to clear up small bits of plastic, bottle caps, and the like. There is nothing quite like clearing up the last bit of trash in an area and looking around to see how much cleaner the small space around you is. So hopefully that is an encouraging um, reminder of the small differences that we can make that have a big impact in our own community. And I would um, invite you to find ways that you can come and join the Neighborhood Building Ministry here at UBC. Thanks. Our scripture uh, reading this morning comes from the book of Galatians. Uh, I decided at the last minute to add some, a few verses to it, so I'm going to read some of that, and it won't be up on the screen, so that's my fault, not Anne's. Uh, and so I'll read a part of that, and then we'll 
uh, kick in with uh, what we'll be hearing today from <clears throat> in addition in verses 22 to 26. This is, um, if you ever look toward the back of the Bible in the New Testament, uh, you'll see some interesting names like uh, Colossians and Ephesians, and this was one from Galatians. So this is a letter written by a man named Paul to this community. Uh, and clearly this community is not getting along. So there is conflict that is happening. And so Paul uh, does an interesting thing and talks about some of the God. I uh, subscribe to the e-newsletter of an organization in Chicago that you may know called Friends of the Chicago River. Uh, and so just about every week they will send out uh, a piece. And it's interesting. I don't know if they've been doing it all throughout October, but I noticed it this week. You know, often you read an e-newsletter and there'll be a blurb about the biggest things going on uh, right now in that organization. But this week, the first thing they led with uh, was, I assume this is in honor of Halloween coming up, it talked about a truly scary plant that they wanted to highlight, and it was the common buckthorn. Has anyone had any issues with the common buckthorn before? And so uh, they talk about this truly scary plant, the buckthorn. It said, the buckthorn has few natural predators. Its seeds and leaves lack nutrition and are poisonous to people and animals. They block sunlight from native plants. The surrounding soil becomes high in nitrogen and carbon, making it harder for other plants to grow. Removing buckthorn is challenging and tedious. It hurts biodiversity, damages soil health, increases erosion, and reduces the land's ability to absorb stormwater. Truly scary indeed. But when I was reading this, one of the first things that came to my mind was my one and only real battle with buckthorn, and that happened several years ago. We had just started off planting and starting this new church. We didn't even have a name for it yet. So this was July of 2009. And one of the ways that I was trying to kind of be out in the communities, both wanting to serve in different ways, but also praying that the Holy Spirit would engage me in conversation with people. And in my head, we'd be volunteering with somebody and say, oh, what do you do? And I'm, I'm starting a new church. And they'd say, oh, I want to join. That was my hope and prayer, that it would go just like that. And it never happened like that. But I would be out in the community. And so one day, I was serving with an organization. And it was in Jackson Park on the south side. And our main task that day, we were told, to, was to remove buckthorn. Now, I didn't have a lot of experience removing buckthorn, so I didn't really know what I was in for. But we started in the process of getting rid of this, these weeds. It was a hot July morning. And again, going in thinking that I'm going to have these lovely conversations with people who are doing these things next to me. And we will all just praise God together, and it'll be great. And I'll have at least 10 people who want to be part of my church when it's all said and done. And that's not what happened. As the morning went along, and as we're continuing to remove all of this buckthorn, I kept thinking to myself a big theological question. Lord, why is there buckthorn in the world? Like, why is this created? Did you hear all the things that I said that it's bad? And 
the people at the Friends of the Chicago River didn't give any equal time. I have no idea if there's anything good about Buckthorn. Friends of the Chicago River didn't list that. But I kept thinking, why is it that we need to get rid of this stuff in order for other things to grow? In order for me to have good conversations, by the end we were all just focused and just getting rid of this. Like, why? Why is this here in the world? Why is this necessary in other, in, for other things to flourish? So today's sermon was in the middle, supposed to be in the middle of this sermon series that we are uh, doing as we reflect on, especially as the holidays are beginning to come up, one thing that we've heard over and over uh, the past few years is how can I get along with my friends and family with whom I disagree? And this is particularly true of our LGBTQ friends who have come up to me and people will be quoting Bible verses at them left and right and they want to just know what's the magic Bible verse that I can have to get back at them. Uh, and so this is not typically the way that is going to work, but we wanted to think about ways that we can help people navigate these relationships. So today, interestingly, the topic was about peace. How do we build peace within ourselves and how do we think about building peace in the relationships that we have with others? And initially, uh, before all that happened uh, in Israel and Palestine, I was beginning to think to myself, why is it necessary for there to be argument and dissension in families that seemingly love each other? Does this have to exist in order for peace to happen? And if so, again, the question I ask, like the buckthorn, why does it have to be this way? And Holly mentioned this week, as I was thinking about the sermon this week, and certainly it weighed on my heart that I needed to shift the sermon a little bit and just to address what's going on. But of course, we all probably feel like Holly did and just feeling helpless. And we read one point of view, perhaps looking at the uh, innocent Israelis who have died, Israeli Jews, and we feel our hearts break for them. But then we read other people talking about all of the suffering that the Palestinians have gone through the past several decades, and our hearts break for them. But then someone else comes back, but, but what about this? Oh, that's right. And then someone else will say, but what about that? We'll say, oh, that's right. And we're stuck. And instead of giving definitive statements, perhaps, I find myself just asking questions. Why does this have to happen? One of these big theological questions that are really unanswerable. But why does this have to happen in order for peace to exist? Is this the way it is? That we have to go through these hard things in order for there to be fruit? Paul talks about, and initially, of course, I was going to focus on this great passage about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And this is a beautiful passage, and we were going to focus on, and only focus on the third fruit here, peace. But then, when we think about the fruit, and I know there are some gardeners in our midst in order to get to the fruit or the vegetables or the flowers that you grow, you know you also need to go through the weeding process in order for them to flourish. And I ask myself again, why does it have to be this way? And it seems like it just is. That's why I added this top part too. I mentioned earlier this community in this called, within this city called Galatia, they are not getting along. Did you notice at the very beginning, Paul says, if, however, you bite and devour one another, it's not a community that I necessarily want to be a part of. I don't think many churches, like, come visit us. We're the community that loves to bite and devour one another. And yet, if you notice, Paul has this long list here, the works of the flesh, idolatry, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissension. He rattles off 15 of those. 15 of what he calls the works of the flesh. But then when he goes to the fruits of the spirit, he only lists nine. Why do these things have to be alongside the fruit? Do we have to go through these quote unquote works of the flesh in order to get to the fruit? And if so, that makes no sense to me. 
perhaps to all of us. And so we go back to our questions of God, questions, more questions that we have rather than statements. Why does it have to be this way? Why do we have to go through all of these things for fruit to exist? But it seems like that is the way of the world. This past Friday, uh, I was invited to attend the um, Metropolitan Council of, uh, I'm going to get the name wrong here, but the Council Metropolitan of Chicago Interfaith Coalition. And so these are religious leaders from all faith traditions who came together on this breakfast, and they were giving out awards to leaders in the community. And one of the uh, people who was received one of these awards was uh, a rabbi, Rabbi Michael Belinsky, and he came up to accept his award. And he told this story uh, by the author and, humanitar and humanitarian uh, uh, Elie Wiesel. And he tells the story of two friends sitting together. And Rabbi Belinsky said, we'll call them Moshe and Shlomo. And he said, after perhaps two, a few too many drinks together, Moshe turns to Shlomo and says, Shlomo, you are the best of friends. I love you so much. I really love you. And Shlomo responds, I love you too, Moshe. And then Moshe says again to Shlomo, I love you so much. And Shlomo responds, I love you too, Moshe. And then perhaps they had been drinking. And after the third drink, then Moshe was maybe feeling himself a bit. And he says, Shlomo, I love you so much. And this time, and as the rabbi was saying, I'm, I was thinking to myself, I wonder where this story is going. And then Shlomo responded with a little sadness in his eyes. Moshe, if you really love me so much, why do you not know what pains me? And he ended the story there. And I was so taken aback by that. Because I was expecting like a humorous story. Or I was expecting Shlomo to say yet another word about how much he loves him. But instead, he answers the end. He says, how, why do you not know what pains me? And again, I ask the question, is pain needed in order for love to really take place? But perhaps in these relationships, maybe when we live our lives in such, at times, superficial ways, and we don't truly listen to the pain of the other, and we don't truly get a sense of what they were going through or what they are going through in order for love to take place. And it saddened me. It angered me. I wrestled with this. Why does this have to be? Why do we have to go through so much pain in order for peace and love to exist? And then finally, as I was thinking about uh, Often, uh, Shelby picks the, the music for the Sunday. Every once in a while, I'll have a suggestion. And I was thinking about uh, a, a song that is pretty well known, I think. And often, in my own ministry, uh, the past 25 years, whenever there has been something that has gone on in the world, whether it's been the war in Iraq, or whether it's 9-11, or things, and often people will go to the hymnals and sing the song. So actually, Shelby, if we could come up. And I want us to sing this song first together. And then I didn't know the story behind the song. Uh, and it just kind of really um, had an impact on me. So we're going to get out these good old things called hymnals. Uh, and this is number 431 in your hymnal. This is Let There Be Peace on Earth. And you may know this song well. You may have sung it many times. At times, perhaps, I don't know about you, but at times when I have sung this song so much, it doesn't have quite the impact that it should have. Maybe like a song like Kumbaya, for example, we say, oh yeah, Kumbaya, oh yeah, let there be peace on earth, and we sing this song. But there's a story behind it that I didn't know. But first I want us to sing this together. So let's sing this, uh, let there be peace on earth. There be peace on earth and let it be that was meant to be with God our Creator children all are we let 
us walk with each other in perfect harmony. Let peace begin with me. Let this be the moment now. With every step I take, let this be my solemn vow to take each moment and live each moment in peace eternally. Let there be peace on earth and let it be with me. Maybe that stirs up something in you. Maybe you were reminded of a time when you sang it before. Maybe it's the first time you've ever sang it. And maybe you're inspired by it. Maybe at times you think, oh, this is so simplistic. And but this week, as I was reading a little bit about the background, I read an interview that someone from NPR had with Jill Jackson, one of the authors of this. And she said this. She talked about the background and the context of writing this song. And she started off by saying, when I attempted suicide in 1944 and I didn't succeed, I knew for the first time unconditional love, which God is. You are totally loved, totally accepted, just the way you are. In that moment, I was not allowed to die and something happened to me, which is very difficult to explain. I had an eternal moment of truth in which I knew I was loved and I knew I was here for a purpose. When I was reading, going back and reading about the background, I just assumed it would, oh, we were at a campfire and the words came to me. I was so inspired by this outpouring of love and community, and we held hands, and the lyrics came to mind. Friends, I was not expecting for the opening line to be when I attempted suicide in 1944. That is the context for this song. The pain that perhaps she was, that she was feeling, and out of that, that's how she began to feel loved and accepted. Did she have to go through that in order to know that love? I don't know. I certainly do not believe. So in asking all of these questions, when I ask, can peace ever come without strife? Do we have to go through strife, anxiety, death, violence first before we know the fruit of the Spirit? I by no means believe that God causes these things in order for us to know things like the fruit of the Spirit. These things happen as they did in Galatia. And we read time and again, Paul being so frustrated by the communities that he was dealing with and he's naming, why do you bite and devour one another? And yet this is the state of who we are as humans. And then we go back to God saying, why were we created this way? We do our best to try to let folks know the things that Jill Jackson said, that you are unbelievably loved. And especially we tell and try to communicate to people who have been harmed by their lives, especially because they, they come out as queer. And we say, you are beautifully made. And we emphasize that over and over again. But we also know, reading through the scriptures and seeing all around us, that we are not perfect that we are flawed, that at times even evil comes out of the actions when groups come together and throw bombs and kill children and shuttle people off to one side so they cannot have access to clean water. And at times when I read all of those things and I see the evil that humans are capable of, and then I think about my own position as a pastor, and sometimes people look to me like, why is this happening? And I keep looking for that book that gives me the answers to those questions, and I don't have it. And so all I can do, knowing that at times there is buckthorn, and knowing there are times there are works of the flesh, and knowing at times that there is pain, and knowing that there are those who struggle with mental illness, and knowing that there is violence, cruel violence 
in this world, all I can do is continue to look to the fruit and pray that that fruit will be known in me and in others. At the end of his acceptance speech, Rabbi Belinsky said simply and asking, can we be defeated by all of this? And he ended by saying, for sure, I must continue. You could see the heaviness that was weighing on his shoulders, but he said, for sure, I must continue. This was, he's retired and should be living on his life, this life of retirement, but all he said was, for sure, I must continue. And that inspired me to say, I will continue to look for the fruit. I will continue to look for the love. I will continue to, in the midst of all of the things that get in the way of that, I will get in there and do my best to rid it in my own heart and in my own life so that I can see and know the fruit, so that I can, at the end of the day, still have some semblance of hope that there is fruit out, that there is love, that there is peace, that there is joy, that there is kindness, that there is generosity. I will continue to look for and believe in the fruit. I have to knowing all of the things that go on in our lives that try to squelch all of those things, all of that fruit. But for sure, I must continue knowing what lives in my own heart, knowing that I am not perfect as well, but I pray that there would be peace. And out of the pain, this woman wrote this, and let it begin with me. So simple. And yet that's all we can do. Continue to pray and say, let there be peace, O Lord. Let there be peace. And let it begin in the Gaza and in Israel and in Ukraine and in our city. Let it begin with me. Let's pray. Holy, loving, and gracious God, we come to you today and our hearts are just breaking. We read all that is going on, the cruel deaths that are happening in the places where you walked. And we don't know how to respond. And then we continue to read about violence happening in our neighborhoods, and we read about environmental destruction. And then we also know the things that are going on in our own personal lives, the health issues that we have and loved ones who are suffering, and there are days when we can't even get out of bed. But Lord, we pray today that you would show us the fruit. Lord, we pray that you would help us to know that there is indeed love and joy and peace and gentleness and generosity and self-control in this world. And we pray and we pray and we pray that that fruit be known in us. Let it be so. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we respond to God's presence and love uh, in this uh, space and in our world. I was reading a book and saying that sometimes churches think that this is the only the place, this is the end of where to experience God. But really, this is just the start. Uh, and so we hope and pray that out of the good news, the challenging news that we read and experience in our lives, that you might be somewhat inspired and want to respond in some way. And so we do that by being out in the community. We do that by gathering at the table. We also do that by giving of our gifts. And so uh, in a moment, we'll be passing a plate up and down the rows. And so if you could um, especially put that tear off uh, in the plate. That'd be a wonderful way so that we can know how we can connect with you, how we can pray for you. If you're interested in the holiday gift basket, you can check that so that we know if you're interested in that. If this is your church community, we invite you to think about giving uh, financially, and you can either do that in the plate or online uh, at urbanvillagechurch.org give. Uh, folks watching online as well, then you can also uh, give in that way. If today's your first time here, feel no compulsion to give. You're our guest. We're thrilled that you're here. Just that tariff would be a wonderful gift. Let us uh, respond with generosity.
we respond to God's word in our midst um, by gathering together at the table in community at this time when we can be with one another in this powerful way. I've been, in the last couple of days, been really struck by and thinking about ways that I can uh, walk in my faith and grow closer. And interestingly, I've noticed smells more. Perhaps it's that smell of fall in the air. Um, we have this old uh, uh, piece of furniture called a secretary in our home. And I was just noticed when I opened that up and there's some old books in there and that smell of old books. I know some people are allergic to that, but I kind of loved that smell. And this morning, my wife made cinnamon rolls. And so that wafted throughout our house. You can all come on over if you want and we can give you a little bit. I'm not gonna give you all of it, but I'll give you a little bit of, of the cinnamon rolls. There are also smells uh, in our spaces too that sometimes we don't love. I took the train today and you kind of hit that smell of marijuana when you can first walk in too. These are the smells of our lives. But this is a way of sensing God's presence. And so perhaps when Jesus gathered with his closest friends and followers and maybe they could smell the the bread was there. They could probably smell each other a little bit too and all of those kind of wafting through their noses and it was a way for them to know God. And so today we're going to do a little bit of liturgy with one another. And so as we gather at this table, I invite you to join with me. Friends, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to God who formed us in God's image. And even when we turn away and our love fails, God's love remains steadfast. God delivers us from captivity. God makes covenant with us. God speaks to us still today through so many prophets in our lives. And so with your people on earth, O God, and your, all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Let us say together, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, O God, and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, and recovering of sight to those who can't see. Jesus healed sick, fed the hungry, ate with sinners, gathered with so many on the grounds today that we see conflict and bloodshed. But on the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup, gave thanks to God, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as holy and living sacrifices in union with Christ's offering for us. Let us together proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here under these gifts of bread and cup. May make them be for us the body and blood of Christ so that so that, so that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, O God, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until you come in your final victory and we feast at your heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. We take time now to be in silent prayer. And so I invite you at this time to lift up the prayers that are on your hearts, prayers for peace, prayers that fruit might be known in us, prayers for healing, prayers for others in our lives who are suffering and struggling, prayers of forgiveness and confession, knowing that we too harbor the works of the flesh, the things that move us away from your love. And so we lift up these in our hearts, and then we join our voices together in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Let us pray.
God, thank you for hearing our prayers in days of loneliness, in days when we are surrounded by a lack of light. Pierce our hearts and remind us that we are not alone. You are with us as are others, and so we join our voices. There'll be a, a version of the Lord's Prayer up on the screen, and you are welcome to use that version, or if you know another version that you're heart makes your heart sing, you are welcome to use that version as well. Let us pray. Our Father, our Mother, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Deliver us from the signs of the kingdom and the power and the glory now and you forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. I would invite Chris and Ethan to come forward at this time. Uh, and as they do so, just a couple of words of instruction. We will have uh, three different folks uh, up front here today. Uh, one will be holding some uh, bread, and we'll tear off a piece of that bread and give it to you. We also have a cup that has grape juice in it, and so you're welcome to dip the piece of bread into the cup. Uh, we'll also have uh, gluten-free uh, elements, uh, wafers and juice in that. If you'd like that, you're welcome for that. to that. And then at that time, you're welcome to either return to your seat for a time of prayer and reflection. We have bowls of sand up front too. And so perhaps today you are feeling led to light a candle for peace, for yourself to be reminded of a light. Maybe you're thinking of someone who is struggling or mourning and you want to light a candle for them. Whatever the reason, you're welcome to do so. Friends, this is an open table here at our church. All are truly welcome. We say it every week, but it doesn't matter what you believe or doubt, the questions that you ask, the statements that you make, it doesn't matter if you grew up in a particular tradition or denomination, it doesn't matter if you just kind of walked in today not really knowing why, but you kind of like the idea of being with other people. And so there's a place just for you. We believe this is a powerful way to know the presence of Christ. And so you are truly welcome here in this space. Come and eat.
Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Gracious God, none of us like conflict, especially when there is nation against nation. God, we pray for your peace, the peace that only you can provide for a ceasefire. Especially we lift up those who are directly affected, those who are suffering the conflict. page the right side of the page um, and we'll, we'll sing that together and um, yeah I just want to invite you to really sing it uh, because peace begins with us so um, please stand with us as you're able and we'll sing that together
We're grateful for your presence here today, friends. Hope you can join us for a time of community. Uh, just down the hall in our fellowship hall, we have some goodies for you, and so I hope you can join us for that. As we go forth from this place, even in moments of darkness, let us know that God created light. And we know that through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And we are reminded of that as well, the peace of the Holy Spirit. May all of this go with you this day and always. Amen.